Welcome to the Adams Road podcast, an outreach of the Christian music ministry Adams Road. Every week we examine a chapter in the Bible and share music filled with God's Word. You can find our weekly content by searching Adams Road podcast on your podcast app. Let's start today by listening through Romans chapter 16. I commend to you Phoebe, our sister, who is a servant of the assembly that is at Sencria, that you receive her in the Lord in a way worthy of the saints, and that you assist her in whatever matter she may need from you. For she herself also has been a helper of many, and of my own self. Greet Prisca and Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus, who risked their necks for my life, to whom not only I give thanks, but also all the assemblies of the Gentiles. Greet the assembly that is in their house. Greet Epinetus, my beloved, who is the firstfruits of Achaia to Christ. Greet Mary, who labored much for us. Greet Andronicus and Junia, my relatives and fellow prisoners who are notable among the apostles, who are also in Christ before me. Greet Amplius, my beloved in the Lord. Greet Urbanus, our fellow worker in Christ, and Stachys, my beloved. Greet Apelles, the approved in Christ. Greet those who are of the household of Aristobulus. Greet Herodian, my kinsman. Greet them of the household of Narcissus, who are in the Lord. Greet Tryphena and Tryphosa, who labor in the Lord. Greet Persis, the beloved, who labored much in the Lord. Greet Rufus, the chosen in the Lord and his mother and mine. Greet Asyncretus, Phlegon, Hermes, Patrobus, Hermas, and the brothers who are with them. Greet Philologus and Julia, Nereus and his sister, and Olympus and all the saints who are with them. Greet one another with a holy kiss. The assemblies of Christ greet you. Now I beg you, brothers, look out for those who are causing the divisions and occasions of stumbling, contrary to the doctrine which you learned, and turn away from them. For those who are such don't serve our Lord, Jesus Christ, but their own belly. And by their smooth and flattering speech, they deceive the hearts of the innocent. For your obedience has become known to all. I rejoice therefore over you, but I desire to have you wise in that which is good, but innocent in that which is evil. And the God of peace will quickly crush Satan under your feet. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Timothy, my fellow worker, greets you, as do Lucius, Jason, and Sisypiter, my relatives. I, Tertius, who write the letter, greet you in the Lord. Gaius, my host and host of the whole assembly, greets you. Erastus, the treasurer of the city, greets you, as does Cordus, the brother. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. There's a lot of names here in chapter 16. I don't know if you've ever tried to read this out loud on a Bible study and been the one who had to read it. <laughs> Not easy to pronounce all these names. I, who knows how they're properly pronounced, but we can all be convinced in our own minds, I guess, <laughs> that the way we pronounce it is the correct way. One can ask, why did God allow this chapter to be in Scripture? What's the significance of all these names? For one, I think this shows the heart of Paul as a missionary, as a leader, he was very relational in his approach to ministry. He knew the people by name. Paul, just because he was single, doesn't mean he was a recluse. 
Paul apparently shared the gospel through relationships. When he'd bring people to Jesus, he'd build that relationship with them. He'd continue to disciple them. He knew them personally by name. Paul cared so much about his family in Christ, and you see that evident in this chapter. Now, among these names listed, a lot of these are women. I love how scripture doesn't ignore women, but values women and the role they have within the body of Christ. And in fact, we have Paul talking about Phoebe in verse one. He says, I commend to you Phoebe, our sister, who is a servant of the church in Sencria. Unfortunately, in that day, there were a lot of deceivers and a lot of people who would take advantage of the Christian hospitality. So Paul's sending an advanced recommendation of the sister in Christ so that the Romans will receive her and support her during her stay there in Rome. Now, Paul describes this woman, Phoebe, as a servant of the church. The word here in scripture that's been translated as servant in the Greek is diakonin. That same word is translated as deacon. Paul says about Phoebe that she has been a helper of many and of myself also. Can there be any better compliment than that as a Christian, that you're a helper of other people? Some other names from this chapter in verse three, Paul says, greet Priscilla and Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus, who risked their necks for my life. So Priscilla and Aquila, they're mentioned for the first time in Acts. We know them initially as associates of Paul. When Paul went to Corinth to do missionary work, he ran into Aquila and Priscilla, who were apparently very hospitable and allowed Paul to work with them as tent makers so that he would not have to be a burden on the church. I love that um, they're mentioned as a, as a duo here. We have Aquila and Priscilla. And so it's neat to see an example of a couple in scripture who worked together side by side, laboring for the gospel, opening their house as a place for hospitality and as a place where the church would meet. For example, it says here in Romans chapter 16, the church that is in their house, which also gives us a clue to the organization of the early church, right? Now the church isn't a building, the church isn't a structure or an organization or an institution. When I say church, the church refers to the believers in Jesus Christ, living stones who are being built up to be a spiritual house. We have Andronicus and Junia, who are apparently both Jews and had been imprisoned. He says, my fellow prisoners. It's interesting to note here that they seem to have been well-regarded among the apostles. They were Christians, they were in Christ before Paul, sometime uh, within the first three years after the Pentecost. Another name that I wanna highlight is Rufus. It's possible maybe that this was the same man mentioned as the son of Simon the Cyrene in Mark 15, 21, the one who carried Jesus' cross. One thing that really stands out to me in this chapter is how encouraging Paul is towards the believers. He seems to know them so personally and intimately. He's just building them up. He's uplifting them in Christ. In this chapter, verses 17 through 20, Paul does give a word of warning about dividers and deceivers. Some of their characteristics, according to the Apostle Paul here, is they use smooth words, they use flattering speech, and they do this to deceive the hearts of the simple. So it is important to test the things that people say, and if they're teaching a certain doctrine, they're stirring up division, or they're trying to force a doctrine upon you, we can test all things against God's word. Finally, in Romans 16, we see Paul concluding with this doxology, verses 25 through 27. It's kind of funny because it almost seems like he's going to conclude a few times here and you're like, oh, is this the end? Oh, nope. <laughs> it's a post-conclusion conclusion. 
It's neat to see Paul's love and his yearning for those in Christ. Take it, this is my body. Drink of you, this is my blood. As the manna fell from heaven, the word came down, the bread of life. And in the flesh he dwelt among us, made lower than the angels for a time. And as a man needs bread to live, it isn't all that he should eat. Every word that comes from God is food our spirit needs. Take it, this is my body, the word of God made flesh for you. Read my words, think of the meaning, feast on the Moses led the people out Through a wilderness of sin He struck a rock when there was doubt And water poured out from within And as they drank there in the desert So we should seek the rock of Christ And from His grace we'll drink the gift of everlasting life Drink all of you, this is my blood The new covenant offered up for your sins Have faith, believe in my promise And never be thirsty Saving grace, commune with me, remember me always, and enter the holy place. Eat, feast on the word that is given, drink, have faith in my saving grace, commune with me, remember me. That was One With Me from the Adams Road album, Band of Prophets. In our time, war is raging for the souls of all mankind. The casualties are falling by the side. And so we pray, taking up the shield of faith, the 
voice of Jesus leads the way as we keep marching on with the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. We cannot go wrong as we minister the gospel of Christ. The word of God is living and active, and it's sharper than a two-edged sword. It penetrates even to That was Spiritual Warfare from the Adams Road album, Book of Life.
That was all creatures of our God and King from the Adams Road Piano album, Hymns of the Faith. If you're listening to this content today through the radio broadcast, we just want to let you know that this content is also released as a podcast on a weekly basis. You can find it by searching Adams Road Podcast. Micah Wilder, a member of our ministry, recently wrote a book called Passport to Heaven. When Mormon missionary Micah Wilder set his sights on bringing a Baptist pastor and his congregation into the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, he couldn't have imagined that the entire trajectory of his life was about to be changed forever. Micah's passionate effort to convert these Christians was met by a surprising challenge. To read the Bible through the eyes of a child, letting the Word speak for itself. He learned of a God whose love did not have to be earned, and he wrestled with the radical idea of God's mercy for the remaining 18 months of his mission. As he struggled to reconcile the teachings of his church with the truths revealed in the Bible, he encountered the true character of Jesus for the first time and awakened to his need for his grace. Passport to Heaven is a gripping account of Micah's journey from living as a devoted member of a religion based on human works to embracing the divine mercy and freedom that can only be found in Jesus Christ. As I lay there contemplating the vastness of the love that had been so extraordinarily conveyed to me, the magnitude of Christ's atonement exploded in my heart like a supernova, radiating far beyond my mortal vessel and bringing with it the desire to fall to my knees. The Holy Spirit then began painting a picture of perfect love before me in mere seconds that I had waited a lifetime to understand. Jesus of Nazareth, the Son of God, after having been betrayed and falsely condemned, was dragged into the streets of Jerusalem, where he was brutally beaten, fiercely scourged, spat upon, and publicly scorned. The blameless and spotless Lamb of God cried in agony as a vicious crown of thorns was thrust onto his head and the Roman soldiers mocked him, saying, Behold, the King of the Jews. And yet Jesus was the King of all kings and now sits triumphantly at the right hand of God. Through him, the vast universe and all its glory was created, and yet he was led to Calvary where he was crucified on a tree formed by his own hands, nailed to it by the very people he came to redeem. And there, on Golgotha's rocky hill, the very Word of God made flesh, endured with incomparable humility the most excruciating and harrowing death the world has ever seen. God's immeasurable love for all mankind was on full, heartbreaking display as Jesus bore in his stricken body the sins, iniquities, and infirmities of the world. Bleeding the precious blood of eternal atonement on the cross, the Messiah paid, in full measure, the debt that we owed God because of our transgressions. But this priceless offering wasn't just a collective sacrifice, it was personal, it was intimate, it was for me. The Savior of the world drank the cup of wrath that I deserved and freely poured out his soul to death for me. As my kingly substitute, he willingly took my place on the cross of Calvary and died on my behalf, a guilty sinner. 
all the while looking into my eyes and proclaiming his ineffable love for me. Jesus endured a transcendent passion that was driven by an infinite and intimate love that surpasses all knowledge and understanding. He suffered and died because he loved. And for the joy that was set before him, Christ endured the cross. My salvation was that joy. How could anyone love me so much? It was only in this metamorphic flash of grace that it was impressed on me with such an unparalleled intensity just how deep and wide and magnificent that love really was. A love that drove Christ to endure the unthinkable and while suffering unspeakable pain, see my very face. This was a profound love that encompassed the very essence and nature of God himself. This was the sacrificial agape love I had long been waiting for. The only love that could eternally satisfy. Truly, there is no greater expression of love. Passport to Heaven can be found wherever books are sold. This is the Adams Road Podcast, an outreach of the Christian music ministry Adams Road. You can learn more about us at adamsroadministry.com. Again, that's adamsroadministry.com. We release a new podcast episode every Saturday. Feel free to join us next week as we examine Hebrews chapter 1. Grace and peace be with you all.